So, um, um, uh, um, um, uh, uh, excuse me. Welcome everyone to Digging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slapstocks. I'm your host, Nate, and today we are going to have a little bit of a recap and a little bit of a rant. Uh, and I am going to start the rant right away, the rant part of my podcast. Before we get into the meat of this podcast slash video, I want to talk to you about what Slapstocks has going on recently. And that is the eBay newsletter that Aaron and I uh, send out every single morning. We curate a bunch of different auctions ending that night of players that we enjoy or we like or we think are good investment opportunities. And we put them into a list and we send it out to your email inbox every single morning. You get it. You can click on a link. It brings you right to eBay. You can don't have to look up a bunch of different guys every single night. We will do the work for you. And we do it every day, seven days a week. You can go to slapstocks.com, type it in, and then you go down. Scroll down halfway down the page, and you've got the Sunday Slab Inbox Trading Trends, and you can put your email in right there. Uh, nice and easy, and a great way to get information about the card market to your inbox every morning. Thank you. And so allow me to screen share here, and we will get into this. Um, a little bit grumpy. I'm a little bit upset, and we're talking Blake Snell here. So let's let's pull up his stats. As you can see, we've got all of his stats here on Baseball Reference. Um, so you can see, uh, oh, I've got his splits up. That's what I that's actually what I want. So splits. So many of you will know Blake Snell gets pulled sixth inning the other day. Has gone five and one third. Just gave up his second hit of the entire game. Gets pulled for Nick Anderson, who then gives up. Two runs right away. Nick Anderson had given up a run at least in six straight games. He managed to make it seven, despite the fact that the Rays were only up one nothing. He let him get down two one by the end of the by the time he was done pitching. Um, it was it was tough to see. It was a tough look, and uh, so I wanted to talk about Blake Snell today. Obviously, we all know the statistics behind it. Times facing opponent in game. So you see this right here. And first plate appearances in a game against, so first time through the order. And opposing hitters are hitting 205, 280, 312 in his career with a 592 OPS. Second time through the order in his career, 234, 316, 396 for a 711 OPS. Third time through the order, 247, 329, 413 for a 742 OPS. Now, Obviously, he gets worse third time through the order. That is the same with literally every single pitcher in baseball. If you look at their stats, third time through the order most likely is going to be worse than the first and second time through the order. Uh, that much is known all across baseball, and it's no different with Blake Snell. The problem I have with it, and the stats speak to it, is that he gave up one hit through his first two times through the order, which is way better than a 592 OPS or a 711 OPS. One hit through two times in the order. So he was destroying, he was destroying his career averages for the first two times through the order. So why then is he just suddenly going to revert back to his career averages of a 742 OPS through the third time when he clearly destroyed his averages for the first two times? Why did we just decide? that that is when he is going to revert back to his old self. Instead of him being on a new level or being dominant that game, all of a sudden 
He beats his career averages first time through the order. He beats his career averages through the second time through the order. But now, now he's suddenly going to go revert back to his career averages third time through the order. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, shouldn't shouldn't be a thing. Shouldn't have been a thing. Uh, he should have kept pitching. He was on fire. I know a guy who knows uh, Corey Seager and Cody Bellinger who said they both said that uh, they could not believe that Blake Snell got taken out, that he had his high young stuff the other night. And yet there he goes uh, being pulled out of the game for statistics that um, I don't understand why we're using them. I understand why we're using them, but uh, in this scenario, when he clearly beat his averages the first two times, why can he not beat his average the third time? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know why Kevin Cash did what he did. Um, it, I just don't love it. Now, on the other end, pitch count, 76 to 100. He was around uh, 76, maybe 73, maybe 75, somewhere around there. So he was going to get into this in his career. When he gets to this, he gives up a 730 OPS. So you can see the OPSs as they go up. Uh, 1 to 25, 629, 26 to 50, 645, 51 to 75, 656, 76 to 100, 730. Still, 730 is not bad. Uh, the p hitters he was going to go up against, the 1, 2, and 3 in the order, were 0 for 6 against him on the night with 6 strikeouts. Um and so I just don't understand. I just don't understand why he did it. And the worst part is, if you want to use these statistics, even though he's blowing the other statistics out of the water, that's fine. But don't go to Nick Anderson. That's the worst part, is that he had given up runs in six straight games. I know I said it before. I'm saying it again. Six straight games, and you go to that guy instead of literally anybody else in the bullpen. I know he was your best reliever on the year, .55 ERA, not 5.55. 0.55 ERA on the year. Unbelievably good. Second in baseball, presumably to Devin Williams, Brewer. Uh, but he just didn't have it in the postseason. He looked atrocious, mostly through all the way through the postseason, and yet they went to him in a high-leverage spot with Mookie Betts, one of the best players in baseball, one of the top five players in baseball, and it did not work. Now, that's my rant. Let's look at Blake Snell prices. And if you go down, you see uh, we're on the page. And Bowman Chrome, 2011 Bowman Chrome Refractor, $500, 35 plus four shipping. If you go all the way to the end of the page, uh, we get into August here. And you are going to be finding refractors somewhere around here. So base auto, uh, 32 bucks shipped. And you have a, another refractor, $39, almost $40, 20 cents off of $40 here. There's really no price movement. And my other my other concern about him getting taken out is that if if he goes far, if the Rays win one nothing, all of a sudden Blake Snell investments go from $35 to, I don't know, $45, $50. People are pumped. If Blake Snell can go eight innings and give up two, three hits and no runs, um, huge name. Huge name on the card market. When he only goes five and one third, that's when it changes. That's when prices don't um, adjust. And so you're looking at you're looking at uh, guys that just aren't getting the innings and aren't going to be able to make a decent impact on their price market because they're just not getting the innings to pitch and not getting the big situations to pitch in. Um, so at this point, pitchers are kind of like. I don't even know if they're worth the buy. And I love investing in pitchers. And I, I mostly love investing in minor league pitchers. But right now, 
are major league pitchers worth the buy if they're not going to get the innings that they need to get, especially like a team like the Rays, teams like the my Brewers. Oh, I'm not even wearing a Brewers sweatshirt. I thought I was wearing a Brewers sweatshirt. A uh, team like the Brewers who never let their pitchers go long. If you're investing in those guys, just expect to maybe Max get a seven-inning start out of a guy like Corbin Burns um, and not that often. On the flip side, and I want to bring this up, I do agree most of the time with taking your guy out before the third time through the order, Giovanni Gallardo. Um, if any of you remember him, former Brewers pitcher, best pitcher we had for years, really a number three, uh, was atrocious in the first inning. He had like a five-something ERA in his career in the first inning, or first time through, or yeah, first inning. And then as he goes on, does really well, second, third, fourth, fifth innings, and then he gets to the sixth inning and he's atrocious. So if you take him out before that point, which sixth inning is usually when you get to the third time through the order, uh, you take him out before that point, and he looks really good. His career ERA is good, but it looks better if he never pitches in the sixth and pass. So it makes sense for some guys, but it's a situational uh, thing where Blake Snell was am looked amazing. He was on another level. The Dodgers hitters were not hitting him. You take him out, it puts the Dodgers hitters into a whole new headspace where they're like, oh, we don't have to face Blake Snell. We can face anybody else in the entire team. Let's do it. And they instantly score. Uh, just very frustrated. Congratulations to the Dodgers. They're a good team. You know, I think a lot of us don't like them because they spent so much money, but their biggest pieces that won them the championship, Clayton Kershaw, homegrown. Corey Seager, homegrown. Cody Bellinger, homegrown. Justin Turner, not homegrown, but picked up off the scrap heap and uh, turned into a good player. Max Muncy picked up off the scrap heap and turned into a good player. Um, Walker Buehler, homegrown. They hadn't won a single game. Not a single starting pitcher outside of Clayton Kershaw and Walker Buehler has won them a World Series game since 1988, uh, which is a very, very long time, 32 years. And those are both homegrown guys. Um, Tony Gonsolin was homegrown. And so, you know, Kenley Jansen was a catcher, turned into a relief pitcher, turned into one of the best relief pitchers in the game. So the Dodgers really deserve it. I know they spend a ton of money, but a lot of that money goes to players that aren't even playing for them. I mean, David Price got paid, what, $30 million this year and sat out because of COVID. Um, and so if if you have any bones to pick with them, it's you know being really good at drafting so that they can just trade for a guy like Mookie Betts and take on David Price's contract and then just sign Mookie Betts. Um, that's the part where... Not every team can do that, but the rest of the guys that really helped out, all homegrown talent from the Dodgers, so props to them. Now, let's move on to the rest of the podcast, and that is talking about recap, and Clayton Kershaw is a good guy to talk about, so we've got his stats here, and he went in the postseason, uh, well, in the World Series specifically, a 2-3-1 ERA in 11 innings, only gave up three runs had a 10.8 strikeouts per nine. He was unbelievable. He really flipped the narrative here in his career. It was Clayton Kershaw, regular season pitcher, one of the best regular season pitchers of all time. He has a 2.43 ERA all time in the regular season, which is, I was looking at his Wikipedia page, so don't quote me on this, but the tops all time in all of baseball for modern era. Um, is that true? I don't know, but I wouldn't be shocked that if it is Clayton Kershaw, the best pitcher of our generation, and yet in the postseason, he just could not pitch. 
Uh, if you go through his postseason pitching, you're going to see a lot of high ERAs uh, throughout his career in every series he's in. For the most part, you're looking 6.30, uh, 7.83, 7.86, 7.11, 4.50, 7.20. And then he gets to the World Series and he pitches a 2-3-1. So it's very nice of him to flip the script on the narrative to all of a sudden become a postseason pitcher, winning that uh, World Series championship finally. Now, for his prices, um, I actually will share this page with you so you can see this yourself. You're looking, I looked up 2008 Tops Update, Clayton Kershaw, PSA 10, and we've got $810. This one up here is a Tops Chrome, and I believe Tops Chrome was a insert, not really a actual set. Uh, it was a it was an insert into tops update and highlight, whereas this is just the tops update and highlights, which was re later replaced by tops update by itself. Um, so eight hundred ten dollars, uh, almost eight hundred dollars you know, shipped, and then nine hundred forty all ending yesterday on the twenty eighth, the day after the Dodgers won the World Series. If we go to the day the Dodgers won the World Series, people are paying as much as a thousand twenty five dollars for buy it nows, nine hundred fifty. 900 uh, a couple days before that if we go all the way to the end you could have gotten a clayton kershaw tops update psa 10 for 360 dollars uh 400 on august 3rd 406 on august 3rd 375 so you are more than doubling your price there for clayton kershaw just very nice to see one of the dodgers top pitchers in the postseason if not the top pitcher in the postseason him and walker bueller uh, really, really nice to see him flip the script. Uh, next on the list is Randy Rosarina. Obviously, we've all heard about Randy Rosarina. I've talked about Randy Rosarina in a couple podcasts ago, and we're just going to cover his postseason numbers here because when I covered him, he was amazing, and he got more amazing in the World Series. He went 22 at-bats, 8 hits, 3 home runs, hit 364 with a 462 on base, and a 773 slugging, which was good for a 1234 OPS. Uh, that is incredible. His regular season of 76 plate appearances and 1,022 OPS is incredible. Um, if you're looking at the numbers, I think it is sustainable. He kind of reminds me of um, Andrew McCutcheon, short. Always had good contact, good speed, uh, decent defensively, and all of a sudden adds power. I'm sure you heard the story on the broadcast where he just ate, did 500 push-ups a day and ate chicken and rice while he was in quarantine and got jacked out of his mind and all of a sudden found his power. Um, there's nothing to me that screams he won't keep this up. Uh, hits the ball to all fields, hits the ball hard, barrels the ball up. Um, so he always had the ability. He just didn't have the power. Well, now he has the power. So if he keeps up his his uh, body, he should be able to keep up his power. It's really, really exciting to see. My one concern is if you go down to pitch, uh, pitch uh, info down here, pitch values. So fastball. Fastball runs above average. That's how good he was hitting fastballs was 7.8. That's incredibly good. So fastball runs above average if you go all the way down to pitch values is 7.8 on the year. That's really good. Against sliders, he was negative 2.1. That is not good. Against cutters, he was 0.2. Not good. Curveballs, negative 0.1. Not good. And changeups, 0.3, which, eh. 
So he's a fastball hitter, specifically a high fastball hitter. You get him down in the zone. He did hit a home run off of a breaking ball uh, the other night in the first inning of the Game 6 of the World Series. So he's probably making adjustments. Um, you'd love to see this more. If you just throw him a steady diet of off-speed pitches, he may be able to uh, yeah, do worse, but he's got a pretty good eye at the plate. So, you know, he might be able to check those and not swing if you give him steady amount of uh, off-speed pitches. Also, I'm sure he can get used to it and start figuring it out. But fastball hitter right now, but everything he does, all of his peripherals, I think it's going to keep going. As for his prices, we are looking at uh, Tops Update Series 1, which if you guys do what I do and you buy it, you bought a bunch of Top Series 1, I went into Targets and Walmarts, and every time I was in for something else, I'd buy a little Tops Update, or Tops Update, Top Series 1 uh, retail packs, and I would just hold on to the cards and I set the Jordan Alvarez's and the Gavin Lux and the Boba Chats aside to get graded, even though I haven't graded them yet. And I put everything else in the boxes. And then I went back and looked in those boxes and I found eight Jordan or uh, eight Randy Rosarina cards, which is really nice to see. And if you're going through here and you're looking through, I just looked up Randy Rosarina, Topps Chrome Rookie. And uh, I did not mean to look up Topps Chrome Rookie, so let me let me change that. So we'll just do Topps Rookie so you can see it all. And just look at the sheer amount. So this is October 29th, and we're going to keep going through, and it's only 9.57 Central Time on October 29th. This is two days after the World Series ended, and you can see that already from here up, a bunch of Randy Rosarina tops rookie cards have sold, even though it's two days past the World Series. If you go to the 28th, it goes significantly longer. We're still going, we're still going, you know. And so it's not necessarily about the prices for me on Randy Rosarina. 200 down, we probably went through a uh, 25 on the 9th. And so the other 175 were on the 28th. If we go all the way to the bottom of the page, okay, we get to the 27th here. But an absolutely absurd amount of cards being sold uh, for Randy Rosarina. I love the guy. I don't think I would buy right now because of uh, just how hot he was in the World Series. But I love the guy. You wait in the offseason, you buy some, you grade some because nobody's grading this guy right now, especially with the PSA wait times. And uh, you see what happens. The Rays probably have a star on his hands. They probably have a at least 2020 guy, maybe a 3020 guy. And maybe if we're really dreaming a 4020 guy, um, 40 home runs, 20 stolen bases with decent defense and should be pretty high averages and a good walk rate. Um, wouldn't be shocked if he's a three, four, 500 guy, a 300 average, 400 on base, 500 slugging in the future. So Randy Rosarina, the real deal. Um, if you can get your hands on him later in the off season, I definitely would. And then lastly, but not least, Let's talk about Corey Seager. So with Corey Seager on the season hit 307 with a 358 on base and a 585 slugging, which was good for a 152 OPS. That was the best he's ever had since a small cup of tea, 27 games in uh, his 2015, which wasn't his rookie year. He won rookie of the year in the next year. 
um, because he didn't have enough games to play. That was his best season since then. He was unbelievable this year. 12 doubles, one triple, 15 home runs, um, a bunch of extra base hits. He was worth 1.9 wins above replacement. He's merely an average defender at shortstop, but he's a really, really, really good hitter. One of the best hitters out of shortstop right now in the game. In the postseason, specifically in the World Series, he hit 400 with a 556 on base percentage and a 700 slugging, which was good for a 1256 OPS, uh, including two home runs. So as hot as Randy Rosarina was, uh, Corey Seager was just as hot. Um, I think he can keep it up also. I pulled up fan graphs. He had a, a 7.5% walk rate, only a 16% strikeout rate, so that's really nice to see. He was getting to his power, 278 isolated power, which was tops of his career. Um Again, he's merely an average defender, so don't expect anything there. But as for his contact rates, you know, he spread the ball around 40% pull rate, 32% center, 27% oppo, which ain't terrible. It's almost in his career norms. He pulled the ball a little bit more this year. But his soft, medium, and hard contact rate, only an 8.5% soft contact rate, whereas he had 40% medium contact rate and 52% hard contact rate on the year. That's incredibly, incredibly good. Uh, of Corey Seager to finally have figured it out and started hitting the ball harder after a couple, not down years, but injury year, injured years and years where all of a sudden people were like, oh, maybe they'll trade Corey Seager and turn Gavin Lux into the everyday shortstop, that type of thing. Didn't happen. Uh, Corey Seager, unbelievable, wins the AL or NLCS uh, MVP and then wins the World Series MVP. Um, Really nice to see. I wouldn't be shocked. I said this in the live stream the other day. I would not be shocked if you look up in two years and it's not Cody Bellinger face the franchise. It's not Clayton Kershaw face the franchise, though it's hard to replace Clayton Kershaw. He's been there for since 2008. It's Corey Seager's face of the franchise. I would not be shocked. Um, as for prices, let's share the eBay screen here for you guys so you can see this. And I looked up his tops rookie PSA 10 for you. Um, just to get them all, but really we're going to be looking at uh, his top's flagship rookie PSA 10 here, and that's $85 on the 28th, $85 mostly here too. Top's Chrome, $105. Um, if you go down to the end, so we're looking 85. If you if you go down to the end and go to the last page here, you know August 12th, same card, 55 bucks. Uh, let's go to the very bottom. And we are looking at, that might have been the first one. Um, this is a holiday one, so it doesn't count. 75 buy it now. The limited edition one, $30, buy it now. Uh, so they're, they're not really good examples. So if we just look for the Topps Chrome. So the prices actually haven't gone up a ton uh, since, the, since the start of the season to the end of the season. But they're still really nice prices, um, as you can see here. And if we scroll to the, back to the top, that August 12th one, obviously the prices had gone up uh, by almost 30 bucks uh, a card here for Corey Seager. So that's the card you're looking for. He looks like he's going to be the real deal for years to come. And so if you can get your hands on some Corey Seager this year uh, or this offseason, I definitely would. I'm sure there's probably some ungraded cards out there still that people don't care about, that people haven't graded because Corey Seager just wasn't having uh, 
good years a number of years in a row. Not like his years he had when he won Rookie of the Year anyways. I don't want to overreact. He was still very good, but he had a 126 OPS plus, a 103, a 113, which are really good still, incredibly good uh, seasons. Anytime you're above average OPS-wise, you're good, but it wasn't a 152 OPS, 943, or 152 OPS plus, 943 OPS from Corey Seager. So incredible series from the Dodgers and Rays. Really, really fun to watch. Uh, was hoping for the Rays to pull that last game out so that we could at least get one more game in the baseball season. Wasn't meant to be. Dodgers won the World Series. Um, and so now we are just going to have to get into offseason stuff. I'm going to have to come up with some offseason videos, which seems kind of unfair because I just had to come up with offseason videos during all of COVID and then during all of last offseason. So I'm not mentally prepared to come up with a bunch of more ideas for offseason videos, but we'll see where it takes us. Maybe you guys can send me some ideas uh, and we can get those put into videos for you. Anyways, thank you everyone for listening to my rant and my recap of the World Series today. And I hope you all have a good rest of your week.